to CTC and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. I'm Lynn Poindexter and you're watching the 3 Before. You hear us talk often about the importance of life groups to our church. Beginning on Monday, September 18th, Noel and Angela Williamson will begin hosting a new life group for couples. The group will study Jim and Elizabeth George's book, A Couple After God's Own Heart. The book draws from the George's 40-plus years of marital wisdom and experiences to help couples grow closer together and closer to God. The meetings will be weekly from 6.45 to 8.30 p.m. at the Williamson's home in Delaware City. To learn more, contact Noel at 302-650-4429. Alpha is a small group study that helps create a space for honest conversation around some of life's biggest questions while promoting a safe and caring environment. Beginning on September 10th at 12.30 p.m., our Ellesmere campus will host a weekly Alpha group. Lunch is included at no cost. To learn more about Alpha, you can visit alphausa.org. To sign up, contact Lisa Kelly at the Ellesmere campus office at lkelly at ctcde.church. Our CTC men have two opportunities for fellowship every month. A dinner on the first Monday at 6 p.m. and a breakfast on the third Saturday at 7.30 a.m. It's a chance for men to get together for relationship building and encouragement. For September, the men's dinner will be at Limestone Barbecue on September 6th and the breakfast will be at IHOP and Fox Run on September 16th. 
To learn more, visit ctcde.church slash lifegroups. Thanks for being here today. You can find more information about all of our ministries by going to ctcde.church. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. As we worship together today, our prayer is that you be feeling encouraged and closer to God than ever. Please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. Now, let's get ready to worship. Good morning. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Thanks for being here today. Welcome to those of you who are worshiping with us online. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. Amen. Well, let's stand this morning and let's begin to give God praise. Last week we began learning a new song about some of the covenant names of Jehovah. How He provides for us. How He is everything that we need. How He fights our battles on our behalf. And today, God, we rejoice in You and all that You are.
today we worship the Lord most high and those are just some of the covenant names of Jehovah Jehovah Nisi fights our battles he is the Lord it literally means the Lord our banner in biblical times when the armies went out to battle they sent someone out and they were flying the flag they had the banner for their nation for who they represented God is the Lord our banner he fights our battles Jehovah Jireh meets our needs, every one of our needs. Jehovah Rapha, he's the healer of our body. Jehovah Shalom, he is our peace. There are so many more covenant names of Jehovah than were included in that song. And quite frankly, it's probably a good thing that they didn't because some of them are kind of hard to pronounce. But God is who he is because he says, because his names mean something. They mean something in our lives. And so, God, today, we celebrate you. We celebrate the Lord Most High, the one who is more than enough, the one who provides for us, the one who heals us, the one who saves us, the one who sets us free. And so, God, today, as we worship you, we pray that you would receive our praise. Be glorified, we pray today in this house. And, Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and move among us, whether we're here in this room or watching, watching online. God, we pray that your Holy Spirit would move in us. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said, Amen. Come on and give the Lord praise before you're seated this morning. God, we worship you. 
because you are worthy of, be, of being praised. You, you may be seated. Well, we welcome you to Christ the Cornerstone. Thanks again for being here today. Again, if you're in the building today, we welcome you. If you're worshiping online, uh, we want to extend a, a welcome to you as well. If you're new today, you've never been here, uh, happy Labor Day weekend, by the way. Uh, probably going to be f- uh, fewer people here this weekend and maybe fewer people online, but uh, God said where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. So we are here to worship him, and he is here with us. If you're new today, whether you're online or whether you're in the building, there's a uh, Connect card, a, a new here opportunity that you can click online. You can take your Connect card and just fill it out and let us know that you're new. Uh, just give us uh, some basic uh, framework information so we can thank you for your visit. And Pastor Roger has some uh, information, some things he wants to send you later on in the week. And uh, so we promise that we won't uh, misuse that information. Uh, Also, if you're new and you're here with us, when you leave the sanctuary today after the service, on the left side of the mall is our Connect Central. We encourage you to stop by there, pick up a gift that we have for you. You can meet some folks from the church, find out about any and all of the ministries that we have going on uh, here at CTC. And quite frankly, that also goes for those of you that are regular attenders. You can stop by and and, uh, get any and all of that information. Uh, again, your Connect card at your seat right there. You can let us know that you're here and who's worshiping with you. You can also let us know about prayer requests or praise reports that you might have. And uh, we meet and pray over those uh, several times during the week. And we don't take that responsibility lightly. All right? That's a lot of information. Everybody good with that? Here's Pastor Roger. Wonderful. Good morning, everybody. Great to see all of you. And welcome online, those of you who are worshiping with us online. Very glad that you are with us this morning. And it is a great day. It's Labor Day. Growing up on a farm, you don't stop laboring on a farm, especially on a dairy farm where you got to milk the cows twice a day, every day. And my dad's favorite joke was, Labor Day, it's a great day to labor. Wasn't much fun for us. We never had Labor Day off. Anyway, so happy Labor Day. Thank you. You know, God created us in the image of God. What, di- what does Genesis say God did on the first day? He created the heavens and the earth. In other words, God worked. And by the seventh day, God took a rest from his labors. So be- to be created in the image of God means that we also are creative. So I'm praying that as you go to work next time, Maybe it's today, some of you have to go to work, or tomorrow for some, or whatever. Go to work with the attitude that I am an image of God creating something to make somebody else's life better. Wow, what a change that would make. All right, that was a free sermon. Let's take these little cards that are on the table. We've got a couple of weeks before we have our big church picnic, our community day picnic, and uh, I hope that you will invite somebody. If you're normally watching us online, I want to especially invite you to come out at 1230. You can still watch us online on September 17th, but then if you're in the area, come on over and have a picnic with us at 1230 here at the Bear Campus. And uh, take these cards, drop them off at places, take them to your work, take them to your neighbors, invite them. There's a lot of bl- uh, blank space on the back side so that you can write a nice little invitation to somebody and say, hey, I'd love for you to join me at our, at our church picnic. We're going to have a great, some great food and a good time together. So please join us uh, on September 17th for uh, a, a wonderful picnic. 
And we're so grateful at Christ the Cornerstone that, that, that we focus on following Jesus Christ through loving God and loving others, serving God and serving others, using our gifts and our abilities to do that, and engaging uh, the world, others, with a good message of Jesus Christ. And we also engage with one another to encourage and to pray together, to learn together, and encourage each other to follow Jesus Christ. As we give together, we have these scriptures that that we share uh, each week just to encourage us and keep us uh, remembering to trust God for all of our resources and to give generously as God leads us. So let's read this scripture together that talks about uh, giving and sharing our resources and our abilities with others. Let's read this together. And I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of our Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Did you see that? I don't plan these out, but what what an appropriate verse to to have on Labor Day weekend, to honor the work that God gives us to do and honor those workers who labor, especially those uh, when we labor for, for our Lord Jesus Christ in whatever we do. Let's stand together and uh, let's continue worshiping God this morning. And I'll offer this prayer to move us in that direction. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that you have loved us so much that you desire to create us. And even in humanity, the expression of love creates life. And we thank you for that. We thank you for the forgiveness that we have through Jesus Christ. You loved the world so much that you gave your only Son and whoever believes in Him will never die but have eternal life. God, we worship you this morning, and as we do so, as we sing, as we pray, as we listen to you, may your Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, come and fall upon us, that we will be refreshed, that we will be revived, that we will be resurrected, freed, in order to live the life that you want us to live. We're grateful, Jesus, to be in your presence this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. The psalmist said in Psalm 34, verse 4, I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and he delivered me from all of my fears. And I just want to add on, because he's done that over and over and over again, that's why we can trust him.
praise the one who was and is and is to come you never fail even when we don't see how it's going to happen Lord even when we don't see a way because of what we've seen before from you we know we can trust you we know God that you will make a way for us hallelujah Nothing has ever once surprised you. Nothing. 
expression, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't know? Every time we sing that bridge, you pulled my heart from Egypt. You remember when the Israelites came out of Egypt and then they found their backs against the Red Sea, they looked at Moses and they said, what did you do? You brought us out here in this wilderness to die. But that's not what happened, right? If you've seen the Ten Commandments movie or if you've read it in the Bible. Moses turned around and he stretched out his arms and the sea parted. And they walked across on dry ground. And then after they had gotten across, the sea enclosed over the enemy and killed them all. Now, if there ever was an I don't know how you make a way, but I know you will, it was there. So if he can do that in that situation, what can he do for you? Now, we don't worship God just for what he can do for us, right? But God is here. He is our provider. We just sang about it a few minutes ago. So he provides a way when there seems to be no way. The story is told throughout Scripture of how from the foundation of the earth, Jesus was planned as our sacrifice. We're about to gather around the table of communion in a few moments here this morning or if you're at home you can do that right where you are but as we remember that sacrifice there's a whole line of things that had to happen in order for God to make that possible to make our redemption possible and it all boils down to the fact that Jesus is the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords and we can trust him to be who he says he is. In the darkness we were waiting 
song is the story of our redemption. 
from beginning to end. That is what God did for us because we couldn't do it for ourselves. So he sent his son and his son came and he lived and he died and he rose again and is alive today. So God, we thank you for that sacrifice. We thank you, Jesus, for walking the road that you had to walk to purchase our redemption. And we thank you, Jesus, for that gift today that you offer us, eternal life. So Holy Spirit, today as Pastor Roger comes and as we continue to learn to play the part that you've called us to play in the kingdom, help us to know that it was not for nothing that we were redeemed. It was not for nothing that we were saved. It was not for nothing that we were healed and set free. But we are set apart for a purpose. Move among us. Continue to move among us, Holy Spirit, today. Speak to our hearts, we pray. In the name of Jesus and everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you for worshiping with us. And uh, this is April. April's going to join us in the message. And as you can see, we've got some other chairs here. So you're all wondering, all right, who's he going to call on? I'm just going to pick somebody out of, out of, out of here. So anyway, uh, as we're in our series, acting out, uh, playing our part in the kingdom of God, we've come through this series for many weeks now in the book of Acts. And we're looking at all kinds of people have you, have you noticed throughout this series that the people that we've been looking at are just like you and me? We're not talking about the Adams and the Eves. We're not talking about Cain and Abel or Noah, the big, uh, the, 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 the big saints of our faith who have done big and mighty. We're not talking about Elijah. We're not talking about uh, you know, the, the prophets who do great and mighty things. We're talking about God calling regular people to just live their lives following the Holy Spirit as they are filled. And the first thing that happens in the book of Acts is the coming of the Holy Spirit into God's, into God's people. And so that's what this series is about. So we've looked at all kinds of characters uh, as we're doing that. And today we look at a young man named Timothy. And so let's go to the book of Acts, chapter 16, uh, just verses 1 through 5, where we will be introduced to uh, this young man named Timothy. And uh, Acts, chapter 16, verses 1 through 5. It says, Paul, the apostle. Now, this is Paul's second missionary journey. He's already been through one, and now he and Barnabas, or he and Silas, 
are going on another journey. And the, so they went first to a place called Derby, and then to Lystra. This is in modern-day Turkey, uh, if you want to put a geographic area. And then he's going to go into Greece. Derby, and then to Lystra, where there was a young disciple named Timothy. Do you know what the word disciple means? It means learner. That's the simplest. You know, it's one of those words that we've made really churchy. And uh, I wish that we wouldn't do that because we, 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 uh, then it gets only used in church. And, and Jesus said, go to all people and tell them. And uh, at its root, at its core, a disciple is somebody who is learning. We have many students who have gone or are going back to school. They're all disciples if they go to a math class or an English class or, or whatever kind of class. They're, they're learners, they're disciples of the teacher that they're spending time with that time. So to follow Jesus, to be a disciple of Jesus, is to learn something. And, you know, there's always a test. So where's the test that Jesus gives us? Oof. It's every day, isn't it? So we're constantly learning. We're constantly being tested. Are you following Jesus? Are you doing what Jesus asks us to do? So they came to this place called Lystra, and there was a young student named Timothy. Now, Timothy's mother was a Jewish believer. She believed that Jesus is the Son of God. But his father was a Greek. It doesn't say that he was a believer or not, but I think we can, we can presume that he was if, if his mother was a believer. Probably his father was also. His mother was Jewish and he was a Greek man. Timothy was well thought of by the believers in Lystra. He's one of these young people who comes to church. Everybody looks at him and says, wow, what a bright young man that is. Wow, this guy's got potential. Wow, this guy can contribute something. Or, or this young gal, she can, she's got some skills. Look at her. Wow. And so people kind of say, look, this guy's worth something. And so they invest in Timothy. Do you know anybody like that? We're going to meet some like that. And really the point of this message is looking around us to the young people and who is God calling us each to invest our lives into them. Jesus calls us to, to make disciples of one another. That means you and me, April and I, are all disciplers. We're all mentors. We're all teachers. And we all have students that God wants us to influence. So that's what we're talking about this morning. And the question is, who are you influencing? Who are you uh, affecting? You know, Social media today is all about influencers. Think about the disciples that these influencers are having. That ought to open your eyes and open your minds to pay attention to to what our young people are are being um, influenced by and who they're being influenced by and who are you influencing. So Timothy was one of these young people. Everybody thought well of, uh, all the believers in Lystra thought well of Timothy. And that's why, it says in verse 3, Paul wanted Timothy to join them on their journey. I suspect that Timothy might have been a teenager. He might have been 
15, maybe 14. I mean, that was the age when, some, when a young man was especially being connected with somebody else to become an apprentice, to learn a skill, to learn a trade, to learn a task, to be able to, to learn it sufficiently so that that could be a source of income and support for his family. Our world has really changed, hasn't it? And, and I, think, I, I, I think, in many ways, uh, I, I lament the fact that our teenagers, many of our teenagers, instead of giving them more responsibility, instead of giving them more expectations, instead, in, instead of teaching them to, to take the responsibility that they have, we're giving them a pass. And we're saying to our teenagers, no, you don't have to be responsible during your teenage years. You can do whatever you want. This is the time to sow your oats and go do whatever and enjoy life. No, 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 no. We don't raise our children to be irresponsible. We raise our children so that they can become responsible adults and to take on responsibility. So I'm sorry for, for the, the teenagers among us who have <laughs> parents. But I doubt you're with us because I don't know any parent with us with, with teenagers here who is, who is giving excuses to their teenagers. But our world is telling us, you know, you, you don't have to do, you don't have to take responsibility. Wait until you're 27 or 28 before you're, you're, you're responsible. Well, by then, it's too late. And they have difficult time becoming that. Anyway. Let's get back to the Scripture. Timothy was well thought of by, so Paul wanted Timothy to join them on their journey. Paul wanted Timothy to take on responsibility of coming with him and telling others of Jesus Christ. And this is a part we're just kind of going to skim over this thing. (laughs) But it's an important thing. In deference to the Jews in the area, Paul arranged for Timothy to be circumcised before they left. For everyone knew that his father was a Greek. This isn't in contrast to what Paul says later. He says to the, he says to the church, if, if you're a Greek man, you wouldn't have been circumcised. But if you're a Greek man who comes to faith in Christ, then you have to be circumcised. Paul says, no, you don't. But Timothy is not a Greek man. Timothy's mother was a Jew. So therefore, it was right for him to be circumcised. And so Paul says, let's just settle this. Timothy, you need to be circumcised because that, that's a completion of your Jewish identity and you need to follow through on that. So it's, it's just a, 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 let's let that be a minor thing and I apologize to any parents who are going home and having, having some difficult uh, conversations. Uh, but it's all, again, it's, it's real life. This is what we're dealing with. And verse 4 says, Then they went from town to town instructing the believers to follow the decisions made by the apostles and the elders in Jerusalem. So what they're doing here, Paul, is we, we see Paul, the beginning of kind of the organization of the, of the, of the church, the, the congregation, the, the people, the, the, the followers of Jesus are getting organized. And Paul is going to these towns and saying, yes, we have leadership as a church, and it's the apostles who are still in Jerusalem. You can trust them and do what they say. And, and so we're, we're, we're seeing the beginning of, of, of this uh, kind of a standard of, of, of Christian living and Christian thinking. 
So they went from town to town, instructing the believers to follow the decisions made by the apostles and the elders in Jerusalem. And the result was so that the churches were strengthened in their faith, and they grew larger every day. You know, God created us to grow. God created us to grow. And that's, that's true in, in all of nature. And it's true in our relationships. It's true in, in our organizations. God wants us to grow. How does God do that? God wants us to tell others the truth of Jesus Christ. Tim Slagle and I had a conversation in the mall before worship this morning. And we were talking about truth. And I, I was just kind of getting into a philosophical thing, and I just asked the, asked the question, what is truth? Pastor Vaughn was there, and he, he, he bowed out of the conversation by this time. <laughs> so, Pastor Vaughn, I won't do that. But Tim and I stuck in there, and, and we, we remembered that, that Pilate, when Jesus was on trial before Pilate, Pilate asked Jesus, what is truth? Jesus did not answer the question. Because... Jesus had just made a statement to Pilate that basically said, I am the truth and I have been sent here to testify and to witness to the truth. Who is God? That's the truth. God is truth. Jesus is God. To that response, Pilate asked, oh, what is truth? Pilate was just asking a question that everybody else in, in philosophy and in society was asking. But we can trust Jesus to lead us to the truth. He is testifying that God is true. Anyway, so that's the, that's the basis of our message today. And I want us to, to, to meet some young people today. And as we're talking about this, I want you to, to think about the people in your life who, are, who God has brought to you to influence, to invest in their lives, to pray for them, to instruct them, to encourage them. I love that word encourage. It means to fill with courage. (laughs) A shot of courage. To put courage into someone. So anyway, enough blabbering from Pastor Roger. And April's here. Because April is our uh, director of our children's ministry and does a great job with that and helps us do that. So we've asked some young people to come and be with us this morning. And, and uh, uh, Grayson, would you come up here? And Achilles, uh, would you come up here? And Catherine, uh, come on up here. And uh, April, why don't you grab that microphone that's over there, and I'll grab this one. And uh, just to get, we're, we're going to read some scriptures. Hop up there, Grayson. Let's say I'm going to get out of a stool. April, you can have that seat. Achilles, come and sit here. I'm going to give this to you, Achilles. And uh, for one more. Somebody else want to come up with us? You got Mackenzie? All right. Woohoo. Great. Thanks. Welcome them. Would you please? <laughs> Do you see any Timothys up here? Anybody you look at and say, mm, yes, yay. We're so glad for this. So we're going to read some scriptures and have some conversation, hopefully. And they're a little bit nervous. But what I want you guys to do is to think about, as we read these scriptures, think about, and you all can do this too, think about, okay, as I read, listen to that scripture, what experience in my life does this scripture bring to my memory? 
So we're going to read some things, and I'll ask those questions again. So I read the first scripture. Who's going to read? Did you give April? You going to did give her assignment? So April, Mackenzie, you want you want to read that? Can you? All right. This is from First Timothy. We'll have it on the screen. First Timothy, chapter one, verses eighteen and nineteen. Say it right into the microphone there, right up there. Yep. Uh, Start right there with Timothy. Excellent. Great job. Thank you. Thank you. So Timothy, this is a letter that he received from the Apostle Paul. And he said, here are my instructions for you based on the prophetic words. Now, what he means by that is, is that there was a group of people that saw him and they, they, they had, God gave them a thought about Timothy. That's called a prophetic word. And somebody heard God in their mind. They heard God saying that prophetic word. And they needed to share that word to Timothy. And what that word was, was identifying in Timothy some ability or some gift that they saw Timothy had. So let's say, for example, uh, the prophetic word might have been Timothy. You know, we've noticed that when people, when you talk about the Bible, people listen to you. So you have a good ability to communicate uh, information to other people. And so it's likely that they got together and they probably, we're going to read other scriptures, that that they laid hands on Timothy. They they literally put their hands on him, maybe on his head like this or, or on his shoulder, and they spoke and they prayed this word, God, make Timothy even more effective in communicating your truth to other people. And then they sent Timothy out to go with Paul in that, uh, in that passage. So that's what they're doing. Can you think of somebody in your life who maybe recognized something in you and said, hey, you know what, you're really good at this. Can you think uh, uh, about somebody that might have encouraged you in that way? You can think about this too. Yeah, go ahead. Hold the mic up. So, um, you got it. No, I don't think it is. There we go. Encourage you. I feel like your teachers encourage you to do better. They can see that you're good at math, for example, and they'll put you in AP classes or something like that. And see that your parents are good, uh, you're good at something, and your parents can push you to uh, join a club or something like that. So I feel like that's some way my parents have pushed me. They've 
they've been like, you should join this, you should do this. Or uh, my teachers, they have told me to uh, do better in classes or like do higher classes. So I feel like that's a, a good way you can encourage someone. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good. Well said. Grayson or Catherine or can you think of just uh, some somebody that said, hey. Um, I feel like that my mom encourages me to do better at school because she believes I can do good. Ooh, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's good. You got a thought, Grayson? No, nothing yet. All right, let's go to the next next scripture. And Achilles, I'm going to ask you, to, did, did Achilles get a paper? <laughs> Achilles, would you read that verse there? This is from uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4, right? Verses 14 through 16. Do not neglect the spiritual gift you have received through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. Give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into tasks so that everyone will see your progress. Keep a close watch on how you live and on your teaching. Stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation and the salvation of those who hear you. Yeah, so there in that one we see very clearly what I described earlier, that they they laid hands and spoke this word over him, and there were specific gifts, specific abilities that, that they recognized in Timothy. And here's Paul again telling him, stay true to that gift, to those things. So, so Catherine, you said that your mom believes that you can do better. Do you ever think that you, there are times when you, you think that you can't do better and it's hard to try, but your mom's saying, yes, you can, you can do better. So, so you need to remember what your mom has, has said and Achilles talking about his, his parents and others saying, you can do better. You, you, you play football, and there, there's a lot of work in football that you think you might not be able to do this. <laughs> and there's somebody saying, come on, you can you keep pushing, keep, keep doing it. I've seen Achilles in, in, play softball, and, and he's, he, he's an athlete. He's, <laughs> he's got a fierce look on his face when he's running this base to that base. And, and I'm bragging on Achilles because there's some older guys on our church softball team, and he's the designated runner, and uh, <laughs> he runs. He runs. He gets there. Anyway, uh, any, any thoughts uh, about uh, what this scripture said? Any memories come into your mind that you have? Nothing yet, Grayson? <laughs> All right, let's go to the third scripture. Who's going to read this one? You got it? All right, Grayson, hold that mic right up to your chin there. I remember your genius faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandma. Grandmother Lewis and your mother Ephraim, and I know that the same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan into the flames of the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of the power of love and self-defense. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. Right. Excellent. Thank you, Grayson. So I think, you know, what does it mean to fan into flames something? Do you know what he means by that? What, what, what image comes to mind when you think about fanning something into flame? 
Right, right. Throwing something into the fire so that it makes it bigger, right? And so, like wood. Yeah, yeah. I know that uh, uh, anybody go camping and you have to start a fire. Last summer I went camping with Achilles and the scouts. And uh, there were two of us newbie adults. And one night they gave us the responsibility of starting the fire. I, am, I, I was not a scout. And I was embarrassed at the fire that we started. And everybody made fun of us because supper was really late because our fire was so lame. We needed somebody to fan that fire in, into flames and to, to make it effective uh, to do that. And so here's Paul again. We see that reference about laying on of hands. I mean, Timothy, again, the reference of laying on of hands. Have you, have you had anybody like give you a blessing like that to pray over you like that ever? Do you remember anybody ever doing that? you? No? Yeah? We, Grayson was baptized, was it last week, two weeks ago, I think, and uh, we laid hands on Grayson and said, God, bless this, bless this young man. I feel like each of you have had at some time in your life somebody uh, doing that and saying a prayer for you, and it, it feels good, doesn't it, to know that there's people encouraging us in that way. And, by the way, this, this scripture uh, it says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and self-discipline. That's on the, I'm wearing this shirt because that's on the back of my shirt. And this is one of the shirts that we, uh, at Cornerstone School here, this is one of the staff shirts. So I was wearing this because I knew that it had that scripture on the back of it. Why do we have a school here at Christ the Cornerstone? To learn about God, absolutely. And, and it's because, because we're all learners, so why not have a school, right? And that's describing exactly what we're talking about in this Scripture. All right, there's one more Scripture that we want to talk about. Catherine, I think you're going to read this one. This is from 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. Stick that microphone right up to your chin there. Don't let anyone think less of you Because you are young, be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, your love, your faith, and your purity. Excellent. Amen. Thank you. So, I became a pastor and I, I was, uh, I think, 31 or 32 years old when, when I finally went through all the stages that uh, allowed me to be a pastor. And the day that I became a pastor, uh, I was in a worship service, and there were a bunch of people, and they asked me to kneel down. And then there was a bishop there, and the bishop laid her hands on my head, and then there were some other pastors around me, and they put their hands on me, and they, they prayed for me, and, and they, or, they ordained me, or they chose me to be a pastor. Now, does God wait for everybody to be 32 years old before he gives them something to do, or does God give us all something to do at whatever age we are? We all have something to do at whatever age we are. So that's, that's important, isn't it? 
and and we we can help others. And I know you've had conversations in your classes about uh, what you can do at school or at home, and and when you're out in other places, and how to help other people to follow the things that Jesus asks us to do. So we don't have to. Doesn't matter what age. Can you be too old to do something for God? Did y'all hear that? Can you be too old to do something for God? Say it loud. No, no Mackenzie said. No. God has purpose for all of us. And that's, that is good news, isn't it, for us? All right, so this verse says, What you say, be an example to all believers in what you say, the way you live your life, the way you love others, the way you trust in Jesus, and in your purity, in your motives, and your thoughts, in everything that you do. So, I guess my, my invitation for us all and my challenge to us all is to keep finding uh, those people who are younger than we are and invest in them. And who are those people? As we take communion this morning and as we continue to pray and worship, who, I want you to think about who are those young people in your life? in whom you can invest. And I'm asking you to do something this week to encourage them. Speak to them. Now, don't everybody come up here to these four today and, and, and you know, throw all kinds of compliments and things to them. Go, go to somebody. You know, they've got the folks in their lives who are doing that. That's clear. Go to the others. And that's what Jesus calls us to do in our life. Thank you guys for being with us today. Before you go, let's have a prayer. And then we'll move towards communion. Heavenly Father, I do thank you for all the young people that you put in our lives. And God, I give you thanks that this church has a school. But Lord, everybody's not in our school. But everybody does learn. And so we pray that you would help us who have faith in you to go out, to take this spirit that is not of fear and timidity, But it is a power, a spirit of power and love and self-discipline. We thank you for that, Jesus. So go with us. We ask you to bless these and all the young people who are in our families, in our church, in our communities. Help us to influence them towards you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. Good. All right. I'll take your papers. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, April. I want you to hang it right up on that thing there. Let's prepare for communion this morning, and I invite us to stand together as... It's like I just lost my microphone. As we uh, say the Apostles' Creed together. Did my microphone just stop? Nobody's answering the question. (laughs) Let's say the Apostles' Creed uh, together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. 
And on the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Church, the communion of the saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Let's take a moment and pray, and I invite you to, if you have a confession you need to make, or maybe the Lord spoke to you during one of the songs this morning, and just take a moment and pray to God and prepare your heart to receive this sacrament. Uh, let's pray. And then we'll, we'll pray together the Lord's Prayer. Holy Spirit of God, I thank you for being with us today. Thank you for speaking to each one of us, for reminding us who we are in you. Lord, you hear our confessions, you hear our worries, we lay them before you, and we trust you. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray together the prayer that our Lord Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. I want to ask those who are going to assist in serving communion this morning if you'd come now and prepare to serve going to serve by intinction this morning. Uh, that means that you'll be invited to come down one of the aisles, uh, either the center aisle or the side aisles. There will be a station, uh, two people, they'll have uh, bread uh, and some juice. They will put a piece of bread into your hand. You can take that bread and dip the corner of your bread into the juice and then you may eat it. The word intinction simply means to dip. So we're going to dip this morning uh, into it. If you don't want to do that, there are prepackaged communion sets up here uh, in the big tray. Uh, in the small tray are gluten-free uh, prepackaged. You can come to the center aisle to receive either of those. Um, Y'all done? Y'all ready? Okay. All right. Let's, let's pray. Father, we remember that night when Jesus was betrayed, when he took bread. He gave thanks. He broke the bread and he gave it to his disciples. He said, take, eat. This is my body given for you. When you eat it, do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, Jesus took the cup. He gave thanks and he gave it to his disciples. And he said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink this, remember me and what I have done for you. We're going to have uh, sets uh, of servers at the, uh, on each side of the table in the center here and then at the uh, end of each of the stairs on the platform. Give us a minute to get in place.
and then you are welcome to come and receive.
during this series that we've been in, Acting Out, we've kind of used that, as you probably have noticed by now, as the theme song for the closing of our services because we want God to know that, Lord, we want to wipe away what our desires are. We want to do what you want us to do. So I give myself away, God, so you can use me. Before you leave today, if you need prayer for any reason, if you want to come to the altar and kneel and pray, or if you want someone to pray with you, there are folks at the prayer stations in the back. There's folks that can pray online with you for a few more minutes uh, before you go today. But God wants us to know. He wanted us to know through His sacrifice that He loves us above everything. And as we continue to learn to be the people that He's called us to be in His kingdom, the Holy Spirit will empower us to do that. So, God, we thank you for these moments together this morning. And we pray that as we go this morning, we pray that your Spirit would go with us. We pray you would lead us and guide us. Bring your blessing to each one of our lives and each one of our families. We give glory and honor to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray and everybody said, Amen. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping with us. Have a great week.